You are listening to the Sports CDP Crash Course, your go-to podcast for all things sports related. We talk about how sports clubs and teams can sell more tickets and merchandise than ever before and how they can negotiate sponsorship agreements of higher value. We also champion women's sports and discuss how data and innovation can help bring equality to the sports industry. We have interviewed industry leaders who have worked with the likes of the NFL, FC Barcelona, Women in Football UK, FIBA, the Davis Cup, just to name a few. So don't miss out. Listen to today's episode. From working as a consultant in both the private and public sectors in New Zealand to working as a business analyst in the financial services industry and Tableau Consulting, Eva Murray is an expert in all things data and working data-driven. And now, as lead evangelist at Snowflake, one of Data Talk Solution Partners, Eva helps organizations have more impact with data and drive the adoption of technology to achieve a substantial return on investment. We are more than thrilled to have Eva Murray on the podcast. Eva, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. It's great to be here. So great to have you here, Eva. So before we begin, uh, we like to start off our sessions with an icebreaker. Are you ready for that? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what's your favorite quote, expression or motto? And why is it your favorite? Oh, I would say that one has to be don't stop until you're proud. And the reason I like that quote is because it's it's different for every individual what actually makes them proud. Uh, But for me personally, it always encourages me to go the extra mile, whether that's for personal goals or or projects but also for work ones of course and just thinking you know when I finish this when I hand this over when I show this to somebody else will I feel proud to put my name under it and that for me has been a little good has been a really good quality benchmark and that's uh, the motto I try to live by. That's a really great motto. I think it's great. I might, I might integrate that into my, (laughs) into my own life as well. I think it's amazing. Um, But so Eva, you describe yourself as being passionate about helping people understand, work with and fall in love with data. Where does this passion come from? And why exactly data? It's because it kind of happened to me accidentally. And if you had asked me when I was in high school or university, if I wanted to work in the data industry or if I wanted to make data the core part of my job, I would have definitely said no because it just seemed kind of scary, you know, all these numbers and I wouldn't know what to do. But in hindsight, stumbling into this through a number of different opportunities and roles and building my expertise, but also my interest in it, I realized this is so cool. And why should people not have the same experience of it being something unexpected that they discover and then suddenly they unlock this really great passion and interest. And I think what I've realized through that journey myself is when we talk about doing something that you're passionate about and you'll never work another day in your life, I think it's a bit misleading because when you look at uh, great entrepreneurs, people who invent things, there are some inventions, of course, that everyone agrees are really cool, you know, whether that's a smartphone or other things. But what about people who start companies that, for example, sell things like 
toilet lids or something. Nobody would go into this business saying, oh my God, I'm so passionate about creating the, the nicest toilet, toilet seat. But maybe those people saw a problem, solved it, became really good at it, and the skill and the interest in perfecting this product actually developed their passion to build a business around it. And I think that's something I've experienced where I became good at something first before I recognized, actually, this is what I want to do. Um, so I think that's why I've added in there, I want to help people fall in love with data. Because most people that you ask who are not currently working with data as their main job or who maybe are dabbling with it, they wouldn't really say that they love working with data or numbers. Quite often people are scared. And I think, you know, part, partly to blame might be um, math education in school. I don't know. I've certainly not really enjoyed that part. But it can be so much fun. It can be so different. And I want to show people there is a way to actually do that. And there is a, a number of great careers to be had along the way. Wonderful. And I, I really love this um, that you said that sometimes you don't know that you like something until you do it and that you want to like remove that veil for people so that they see the opportunities that lie uh, within data. That's amazing. Um, but why don't you take us back uh, to how your epic journey began? Uh, how did you end up on this exciting mission? If you tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I went, um, well, maybe I need to start really at the beginning. So when I was 19 and I finished school in Germany, I went to New Zealand and with the intention of staying there for three months and traveling around the country and, you know, just, just doing this kind of gap year thing, but only three months. And I stayed for eight and a half years in the end. Um, and that's why I went to university and I had the intention to go down the route of psychology and psychology and HR and that's what I studied and I thought oh you could, you could do um, organizational psychology um, but also with the HR component so that was really what I was heading into and I applied for a role as a graduate at Deloitte and I expected to be put into the HR consulting um, part of the business because that's where all my training had been through university and they put me literally at the opposite end of the spectrum. So I ended up in IT consulting and I was really scared that I would completely mess this up. But at the same time, I thought they're a successful company. They probably know what they're doing. And if they think I can do this, then I just have to trust them and, and kind of figure it out. And from there, it was kind of step by step moving from consulting into the financial services industry and building more expertise in a smaller area well you know like a like a smaller topic rather than trying to consult with lots of different companies being more like an in-house consultant so i worked as a business analyst and really enjoyed that um and then i discovered tableau through that job and i built some skills and then i realized i actually want to do this all the time i don't want to just do you know this every now and then when somebody asks me for a dashboard or for some insights i want to make this my job so i i found a role in consulting while I was still, uh, so, so this was in Australia by now. Um, and I, I found a role where I could be a Tableau trainer and a Tableau consultant. And I really enjoyed that year in particular. And it was only a year because I had already, before taking that job, decided to move back to Germany to be closer to my family. Um, but that year I, I packed full of trainings and um, you know different customer projects, engaging with the community, going to user groups, going to conferences. I I think that was the busiest year in terms of my own learning and 
moving forward with my skills. And, um, and then in Germany, I started entering actually the technology industry in terms of working for a vendor instead of being a customer of using you know, software. I was, I was working for the vendor side and I really enjoyed that because I realized, well, I can now be on the side of creating and promoting a product that helps people have a better day at work. And now I find myself living in the UK. I have just moved from London actually to the northeast of England. Um, and here, you know, I'm, I'm working for Snowflake and I have been for the last couple of years. And it's, uh, it's an amazing journey. It's a really great company. And I get to work with great tools and great people still doing what I love. And that's promoting how technology can, you know, for the, the people working with data, how that can help them have a better day at work, how it can help them, of course, develop insights, create great products and services, serve their customers, serve the public, and all of those things. So yeah, that's been the journey in a nutshell. And now at Snowflake, you are lead evangelist. That is your role. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit more about, you touched upon this already, but a bit more about what your role entails and also how Snowflake uh, helps sports organizations specifically work with data. Yes, absolutely. I love talking about this stuff, so I'm glad you asked. So in my role, um, I think the role of an evangelist is a really interesting one because it combines a lot of different things and it also has a lot of flexibility to shape it in different ways. And we have a number of different people in the organization that have this role, but with different titles and different focus areas. And so what I do is I look after the EMEA region. So um, Europe, Middle East and Africa. And I am basically often one of the first people that um, that an audience has comes in contact with when it comes to Snowflake. So I might be the first person they hear talk about Snowflake, what it is, how it can help them, why it is an important and really a game-changing piece of technology that helps their organization or their industry, their sector, um, do great things with data develop new applications, um, develop new products and services for their customers. So as part of that role, what it looks like when you look at the day-to-day -day tasks is I speak a lot at events. So this could be in-person events, virtual events, things like these, this podcast. Um, and I also focus on content creation. So publishing on social media, uh, publishing on things like mediums or blog posts, et cetera. And then also there's an internal focus and working with my colleagues on any kind of enablement that I can provide to them. Um, and then, of course, I also work directly with customers and partners to help them make the most of their investment in data and in Snowflake. So with customers, that could be something around, OK, uh, we've, we've invested in Snowflake. How do we now get you know, more people using it? And that's where I've never really while I moved into the technology side, I've never left the people element behind. I've always enjoyed that. So talking uh, to companies about how they can help their people recognize what's possible with technology and use that to have a better day at work, do their job better, maybe more effectively, maybe more efficiently, but not just to save time and cost, but also to really free up their capacity to do interesting things. So things like automating tasks or optimizing data pipelines so that the people don't have to do so much manual tuning and tweaking and um, instead can focus 
their intelligence and their ideas and their creativity on things that really add value and move the company forward. So helping organizations understand that, but also talking about topics like data literacy and data democratization and how they can approach doing that in their organizations. Um, because I've been really involved with data communities over the years, and I've really liked helping people to build their skills and come together and learn together and really empower a workforce with knowledge. So I like sharing that with our customers, but also with our partners who then can share that with their customers. When it comes to sports, <laughs> that was another one of those slightly accidental opportunities about almost uh, six years ago now. So in 2017, I was in Paris at an event and I was speaking about uh, data visualization and best practices. And one of the people in the audience is somebody who's now a really good friend and somebody who I've just published a book with. And he at the time worked for a Champions League club and um, and he had some questions around his research paper he had written and how he could display visualizations more effectively and in a way that's easier to understand. Um, and I gave him some input and we stayed in touch. And over time, that brought me into this world of especially, well, sports, but especially professional football at the elite level and seeing what their challenges are with data and how people are trying to communicate with data in those clubs, but with a very like large variety of stakeholders, which is very similar to other businesses, but instead of it being maybe people in marketing and finance and HR and production in a club, it could be coaches and physios and um, medical staff and researchers. So that's how I got into that industry and started building a network there and started attending events. And what the opportunity is when it comes to sports and data is there, there's two sides of it. So there's the commercial side, which is all about you know, ticketing, events, merchandise, all of the business aspect of the fan engagement and how a club you know, operates as a business. So that is very similar to other industries. And then there is the sporting side, which I've been mainly involved with, and that's all about the athletes and how can you help a club by using data win more games. I mean, that's what it all comes down to in the end. Everyone wants to win more games. And how could you use data to test different hypotheses? And the the research that goes into it and the the science behind the physiology, so the actual, you know, the movements of the athlete and, and the fitness and the fatigue and the injury prevention, that's one aspect, but also the tactics of the game and, you know, how how do you observe the game? How do you analyze data from competitive teams who where you have video uh, video footage that you can analyze where you have actual you know data so numbers and measurements etc that you can analyze and how do you assimilate all of that into a plan for your next match to increase your chances and then there's all those other factors that go into it is it a home game is it an away game what's the crowd like what's the stadium like temperature weather um, maybe things that happen around it in the athletes lives but also in uh, in terms of society so is there any you know other wars going on is there a pandemic like all of those factors so there are so many things that influence it but what can you control what can you not control and how do you use those inputs in an optimal way to improve your chances of winning the games and in the end you know winning the competition but when it's interesting to, to, to hear that you're talking about uh, the, the pandemic, because what we have seen at Data Talks is that 
uh, it actually changed a lot because sports organizations has been there forever and, and they haven't really been affected. But all of a sudden, they didn't have any games to actually people where people can attend to. And, and so fan engagement, I would say, is is one of the areas where where we do where we see that there needs to be some changes there and and, and especially creating a value for for uh, the fan not only during the the uh, during the event or even during a season so so actually off the season activities has to be taken taken part as well do you see that as well definitely and i think that's where social media and technology play such a big role as well and that again creates lots of data points but with uh, with applications, mobile phone applications, and other ways of engaging fans and actually involving them in in everything, right? And and through AI as well, and and, and virtual reality. There's there's so many things you can do, but at the core of it, it comes down to somebody really caring about the game and wanting to be as close to the action as possible, even if they can't be in the stadium. So how how can you bring that to the fans? And then how can you measure? Their response to it how can you measure how engaged they are what they want um and how that again influences the game or the sentiments or um yeah or kind of everything around it so the fan engagement i think is a great opportunity for data and it's also a great opportunity for technology because there are so many more ways that you can connect to fans and when we think back, I think it's it's typically every four years when you watch a World Cup, you see the footage of some of those older World Cups. You know, I I, I tend to see things maybe from the fifties, um, and you see this this video footage and some of it's black and white, and you know, people literally just stand on the side of a football pitch, and and this well maybe not in a World Cup, but in some of those games, and you think, wow, it's very different now. So utilizing all those opportunities to connect with the fans and um and to also create new fans when we think about the women's euros that happened last year and the world cup that's happening later this year there's so much more interest because it got so exciting the stadiums were getting you know they're getting into the bigger stadiums the stadiums are filling up there's there's suddenly the surge of interest in women's football so how how do we pick up all those new fans who are quite likely a very different demographic from traditional football fans that you know everyone's uh, familiar with and uh, so they're probably younger they're i would imagine more diverse there's going to be more young girls and young women who would be watching women's football compared to the men's game and how do we capture that do they engage on the same platforms do they engage with the same content probably not so using data to not just engage more with the fans that are already there but also create new fans find them and get them involved so that that they stick around and so that football can inspire their own lives mm. we have seen also actually cross sports within the brand uh, that, that there are an interest to actually understand if you were a football fan what else do you do uh, is there do you like basketball or handball or whatever so so finding those cross uh, sports uh, segments that are of an interest also for a club um, so when it comes to to working data-driven, do you see any difference in the sports industry compared to other industries? Oh, and, and what business impact does this have if they were doing for that challenge? Yeah, so one thing I find very interesting is that the sports industry, to me, appears in many ways quite similar to the education sector. And let me explain that. So in a typical business, you will have people 
with, you know, let's say you you work for a bank in, in the headquarters and there are people with a vast variety of skills and experiences with data. And anyone coming into it, not in data role, might not actually have had that much exposure, exposure to data. But what I've seen in the sports industry is because you get a lot of people who have gone further in academia than an undergraduate or graduate degree. So there's been a lot of research. So people are sports scientists and they bring a very academic perspective to it. So there is very deep knowledge in some of these data topics, whether that is um, around survey design and, and, and analysis or measurements of specific like physiology. So it could be specific injury prevention uh, approaches. It could be um, movement analysis. All of that is quite complex stuff and you are you require very specialized skills and knowledge and i find that very very similar to the education sector where most academics are actually really um, well trained when it comes to data and statistics and it would be in a specific niche of their area of expertise so it might be their topic um you know maybe maybe it's in um in some like mathematics or it could be in uh, psychology and research maybe developmental psychology so very deep knowledge in that area um, and I find that interesting because I it has the huge opportunity for those skills to be utilized in really great ways but the challenge is that it also means that the people who are so far ahead in their knowledge around data might sometimes not consider or might struggle to communicate it to all of those who don't have that same level of expertise. Um, and that again comes down to communication and getting the point across in a simple and effective way to people who understand the topic, they understand football, they understand how athletes move, all that kind of stuff, but they might not be so familiar with how to interpret certain charts and and, and graphs and, and visualizations. So, so that's something where I think there needs to be a more shared understanding of okay what are we aiming for what uh, how do we bring these people to some common understanding how do we bring them together and have the the really statistical experts with their advanced knowledge break it down for everyone to understand because i think the opportunities are huge for that to have an impact um, and that's partly why we wrote this book because we said there's a lot of people in clubs across the world who are amazing with data and who have really deep knowledge they might not actually be able to utilize it fully because the rest of the business might not fully understand the value that brings or actually understand some of that uh, those conversations. But if we can open that up and give, get everyone up to the level that is required to say, okay, I understand how, why this is important. I understand why data matters. I understand how it can make us move forward. Now let's hear these insights from our <laughs> experts if we can facilitate some of those conversations, I think there's a huge potential to move forward because a lot of knowledge is already there. Mm. We have seen uh, we, there are we have a discussion with clubs that are in tier one uh, leagues uh, still working with Excel. Uh, they don't yeah. have an idea of actually be data driven. So, so there are differences in different countries and regions, of course, but but still. I would say the majority is, is very low in this industry and the potential is so huge because fan engagement especially is, is more it's one of the most engaging industries uh, actually having a conversation with fans 
so, so we do see that that's it's really interesting. So when it comes to more technical part of, of Snowflake, um, Data Talks has, is part of the Powered By program. Snowflake has, has played a pivotal role actually when when we when they've been creating our customer data platform. So so when it comes to to Snowflake and and the enablement for us as a company building an application on top of Snowflake, what specific capabilities do you see actually can bring a company like us uh, creating an application on top of Snowflake? That's a great question. I think I think recognizing the potential of the data cloud and what it could mean to build on that is like a really big first step. And I've now, um, I've recently had the chance to meet and, and work with some other um, powered by partners and just seeing the breadth of what solutions are there and what's possible and how people are grabbing that opportunity is really exciting. And I think, um, th well, the biggest tip I would give partners or potential partners who want to move into that program is to enable their people. And when I say enable their people, actually give them the freedom to enable themselves because there's a lot of material out there for people to learn some and, and build some snowflake skills. So they get a bit understanding of how things work and, and how it could benefit them. Because I think if you can get your people excited even before you become part of the program or before you start working on some of the stuff, there is this hunger to do something. And if people start using a tool like Snowflake, they will they will come up with all these ideas or maybe they already have the ideas and they didn't know how to actually make them a reality and suddenly they can because they have the technology to do that. And these are the kind of sessions I actually love having, whether that's with our partners or with our customers. And I always call it, let them dream a little, because a lot of people, especially in our technology industry, they sit on ideas sometimes for years and they're like, if only I had the right thing to do this, then I would do X, Y, Z. And what they have in their mind is, you know, it, it can be it can be a really simple and elegant solution to a problem. It could also be something that is just like, wow, this is going to be a game-changing product for the company. So having them start tinkering so that they can explore what's possible so that actually when they get the tool in their hand for real and they get to start developing and start building, I think the enthusiasm will come through, their, um, their ideas will come out, and they will hopefully get this huge burst of satisfaction and pride in creating something that is going to make a big difference, not just for them and the company, but also for other users, whether that's customers or partners or, you know, um, or, or unknown users out there in, in the public. And I think the potential for that is really large. Mm. We have seen also, I mean, working with the sports industry, we've seen specifically that uh, larger clubs, they need to understand their fans in, in a global perspective. So they would have, they need to be able to, to collect data and in, in, in store data even in, in different regions. So, so multi-region, multi-cloud capabilities are interesting also when it comes to the sports industry. So, so we do see that there are many capabilities that we as a company can utilize because of, of Snowflake's uh, offering. Um, and and also when it comes to to um, more I would say new features, uh, so so especially we're working with data sharing in the sports industry, we've seen that that uh, there are interesting parts that could be uh, taking place when it comes to our offering. And and for example, data data sharing Gartner says that 
it's the, the business necessity for um, to accelerate the digital business. How how do you see things that Snowflake is offering can be utilized in in, in sports specifically? Yeah, I love that you call out data sharing and data sharing. Those capabilities are one on the technology side. That's the main reason why I wanted to join Snowflake. Um, there's also you know the, the culture and the people I really knew. But when I looked at the technology, I said this is this is the thing I really want to work on and around. And I think data sharing in particular for sports is really relevant because you have data providers and the same provider sells data to all the different clubs. So for example, you can buy um, you know, Premier League data and every club in the league would from this provider get the same data. There is The data that's different is what they create themselves or what they track themselves in training um, but the stuff from the matches, you know, they they would have access to the same data. And then it's really the differences in how they use it and what they make of it, because it's a pretty level playing field when you just look at what comes through the data pipeline. So data sharing is a great um, a great capability to use that because it makes the, the access to data so much faster if the provider is on Snowflake and the club is on Snowflake, and then it's just instant as soon as the data has been made available by the provider it's available for the club to use and analyze and in especially when you think of during the season where there might only be a few days between matches that can be really impactful rather than having to manually load data and refresh it and maybe fix broken pipelines etc so there's the practicalities of that there's also what i've seen is that this concept of co-opetition so cooperation and co- with a competitor so clubs of course they compete but there are things that every club wants to have and that they're kind of working on together and one topic that comes to mind for me is injury prevention it's in everybody's interest that these players stay injury free because at some point they might get transferred to another club and when i think of injuries it's not just like a small thing it's maybe something that might flare up again and again so if we can lower the risk and lower the chances through the use of data by also collaborating. And that's where conferences come in, for example. So, you know, there's the session at conferences where clubs actually talk to each other and 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 about the, some of these topics. And I think again, that's where data sharing, um, when maybe there is some collaboration on one of these topics between different clubs and there could be some shared data that's made available, uh, is really helpful because you can have all those safeguards in place to make sure that only specific data is accessed and you know, with all the limitations in place, but it still is from a technical point, very easy to facilitate and very efficient. So I think data sharing is a massive opportunity there. Um, I think also the applications that are developed on top of Snowflake and the flexibility to that, that brings with, to clubs, because yes, a number of them, I mean, yes, like you say, some still use Excel, but a number of them use some standards and and really solid tools when it comes to analysis and visualizations, but others who are more advanced and want to maybe invest in their own capabilities might be wanting to develop an app themselves or might be wanting to develop and code their own things on top. And the flexibility of having things like uh, Snowpark and being able to utilize that is is great. Mm, that's interesting. So so um, I was thinking. Um, if you would give anyone uh, that's listening today an advice on how they uh, how they actually can achieve their goals, whatever they may be, uh, what would that advice be for you? 
Uh, let's take data goals, but also the career goals. It would be interesting to hear. I'll start with the data goals. So I would say um, listening to the data people is um, a piece of advice that that I would love to give to people. So if you're a data person, that means being heard, um, but also then bringing up the idea. So if you have the chance to talk to somebody about what's not working, maybe also talking about, okay, aside from maybe some of the frustrations with data and how they could be solved, what else is possible? This is the dreaming bit that I talked about a little bit earlier. Talking about the ideas that you have with data, what could be done, what could be possible so that everyone else can get infected by the the potential for data. And then if you are a leader in an organization and you have you have, have this interest, then I would say listening to the data people and hearing what their struggles are, but also <laughs> what solutions they have thought of, because quite often it's not just it's not just a problem, they actually have thought of how this could be resolved. And whether that's a technology solution or a process or a person or people solution, I think the communication always is a good place to start because so much gets gets lost or missed or miscommunicated, which actually could be resolved quite easily or, or, or quickly along the way. And then when it comes to career goals, I think finding a balance right now is what I see is a, a huge focus for people on technical skills, and they are always going to be important. I think let's not neglect, neglect um, the importance of soft skills as well. And when I say soft skills, it's just all the stuff around it that you can't necessarily pick up from a textbook. And I think the balance is something we'll see more and more coming in to organizations and how they hire and what they look for and who the future leaders will become. So yes, building technical expertise, but also being somebody who other people want to work with, who other people want to learn from, who can inspire their colleagues to test something new, to try things out, to build something that's really great. And somebody who's curious and stays curious, especially when it comes to data, who challenges some of the assumptions and says, what if what if we tried this? Um, so those those soft skills that surround the technical skills, whether that's analysis, data engineering, visualization, um, coding, all of that, making it more of a complete package would be my advice for when it comes to career goals. Fantastic. And finally, Eva, what exciting things are you currently doing or working on and where can people connect with you? Oh, oh, so much going on. Well, personally just moved house. So that was exciting and I'm glad that's completed. Um, where people can find me, the best place is LinkedIn. Um, you'll, you'll find my content there, but also my profile. So Eva Murray uh, on LinkedIn. I also have a website, so evamurray.co.uk love to connect with people there there's a contact form if if people want to get in touch if they have any questions and other exciting things I'm working on is actually an internal enablement program around public speaking I love helping people get on stage and overcoming maybe the fear of public speaking or the the hesitation I I love public speaking and I want more people to have the chance to do it because again it was something I didn't love that from the beginning but as I got better and as I got help from a professional coach i realized just how much i enjoy it and i want to provide that opportunity for others that they get a chance to see is this something i want to do and if not that's okay 
And if it is something they want to do, I want to help them make it as fun, engaging and interesting as possible. So that's something I'm working on at the moment to, yeah, really help more people get on stage and have their voices heard. Amazing. Perfect. And we will share all the links in the description box. And you can also learn more about Snowflake on snowflake.com. Uh, Eva, thank you so much for an incredible conversation. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on to the podcast and just sharing all of this knowledge with us and with our audience. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed that too. So yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you, Eva. If your goal is to get more supporters, superior sales and real revenue, then visit our website at datatalks.sc and fill out our demo form to experience firsthand how we can help you. Data Talks, more supporters, superior sales, real revenue.